so many parents right now, it's all about survival. The kids are home from school. You might be home from work. We're just figuring stuff out. And so the easy way to keep your kids occupied right now is give them a screen. Well, you might have been concerned about screen time before, and now, my goodness, they're doing even more? How much is too much? What are we supposed to do? So now the screen time debate is back. How much is too much? What adjustments do you make because everything going on? And are their brains going to go to mush? Becoming better parents, partners, and people, this is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is James Shaw. I'm the host of Positively Dad. I'm so thankful that you're with us today. I started Positively Dad just about over a year ago to be a resource to you, and I think we've been doing that for you. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of an eight-year-old, now homeschooled second grader, and we do two podcast episodes every week. On Mondays, I talk to an expert about something. And then on Thursdays, I talk to a dad about being a dad. Well, today we are going to talk to a dad. He's also an expert, and he's going to help us with something that's a big deal right now. What we've done for you, again, to be a resource, is gone all in on helping families right now survive everything that's going on with the now normal, with the changes that we're experiencing in our world. You know, how do we make everything work? you got basically every kid on the planet is out of school and is at home. You've got a whole bunch of Americans working from home. You've got millions of Americans who've lost jobs, and you've got people who are sick. I mean, there's just so much happening. And so what do we do? Well, I know a lot of parents right now are going into survival mode. You know, how can we make it work? How do we balance it so we get our jobs done, we keep our kids educated, we keep them busy during all this stuff that's going on? In fact, a friend of mine posted recently, he said, okay, I've had a quarantine fail And that is, the kids are just on the screens too darn much. And so I I thought maybe we should talk about that. What, What does screen time look like right now? It's a really hot topic for parents with kids of all ages. Of, of how much time are they spending and what are they doing and, and, and you probably had some rules in place and then now with all the changes going on, have you relaxed him and what have you done and quite frankly, have some of you given up? So I went back to a guest who we had on about a year ago. His name's Dr. Jordan Shapiro and he wrote a book called The New Childhood where he talked about screens, technology, and kids. And, and I asked him if he'd be willing to come back and share with us how we can really look at what we're going through right now and see what the value of screens is and, and how we know, you know if they're doing the things they should be doing and what we as parents can do and, and is there even an amount of time they should spend. So I trust this conversation will help you. Let's jump in and have it. Dr. Shapiro, thanks so much for being back on Positively Dad. It's, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to be back. I saw a story that said 97% of American kids are home from school. I want to know where the 3% are that are still in. And something like almost 90% of kids on earth are out of school. They're home from school right now. And, if, if, and I know the concerns already come up. Screen time has already been an issue. And now I think parents are freaking out more than ever. And you go, let's dial it back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I've, al- I've always said that, as you know. Um, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of fear around screens with parents in general, uh, even before COVID-19 um, um, and a lot of it was, and a lot of it was, was misguided to begin with. Um, 
Um, you know, not that there aren't reasons to be worried, not that there aren't things that are scary like everything else in the, in, in the world. But I think to me, the, the, the bottom line is screen, screens are part of our, 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 our lives and it's not as simple as just on or off. And, you know, we really need to, we really need to, to, to think about it in a much more, what's the right word? Maybe integrated, a, right, a more integrated question of how do they fit into our lives in general. And then, you know, now we're living at a, at a, at a, at a time where I think we're starting to see that, um, you know, on the one hand, while uh, we worry, I worry even about my own children, about how much time they spend uh, um, playing certain kinds of games. I also have to recognize that the only place they're getting any social connection is through is through the screen. So, so I think we have to sort of go acknowledge the positives, acknowledge the negatives, and figure out how to uh, how to amplify the positive aspects of connection, of social, uh, of social connection, and, and and try to to minimize some of the some of some of the the, the possible negatives of, of screens. It's the thing I thought about recently was we're kind of I guess lucky that we're experiencing what we're experiencing in 2020 versus say even in 2010 that the the technology here is actually becoming a resource that we're all dependent on. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, um, uh, uh, I mean, uh, 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 on the one hand, I think we also have to acknowledge the the sort of um, the inequality that's becoming clear, right? The the sort of gap of of of, of those families, and 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 if we're talking about kids, kids who have access to to the ability to still play, the ability to still, uh, you know, have Zoom meetings with their teachers and on a technological level, on the school resource level um, um, and, and those who don't. But then I think even even at the grown up level, we have to acknowledge that we're seeing the difference between those who can continue to work even without having to go to go someplace and, and, and those who can't. Um, and, and I think it's emphasizing a lot of those things. But then on the other hand, you know, I think you're right. If it were 2010, or certainly if it were, if it were 1995, uh, 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 all of us would just be stuck at home doing nothing. Uh, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't have nearly, of the, nearly the, the, the amount of information about what's happening or the capacity to do anything, yeah. You bring up a really good point about the gap in technology, internet availability, just computers, laptops, tablets as a whole for certain people. And I want to touch on that. So let's put that in our pocket because I do want to come back and visit it. Um, let's talk about the things though parents need to be aware of or think about as their kids are using technology right now. What would your advice be about what's good and what's bad? Because as we've talked about before, it's not necessarily about time. In fact, you say we should get rid of the term screen time. And it's really Absolutely. more about what are we doing on the screen and is it adding value to your life? So what would you recommend for parents right now? Uh, I, uh, the, the thing I would recommend to parents since, since they are home with, the, with, their, with their kids right now is actually just ask your kids to show you what they're doing on their screens uh, and start to understand it. I think in a lot of cases, we've had a lot of fear of screens without no understanding what the kids were doing on them. And I think what you're going to find is a lot of it is not nearly, I mean, yeah, a lot of it's dumb and superficial, but a lot of what I did when I was a kid, even if it didn't involve a screen, was dumb <laughs> and superficial. That's not the same as dangerous. It's not, it's not productive. I mean, if I try to talk 
talk to my parents when I was a kid about what my matchbox cars were saying, uh, they'd, they'd be like, shut up, I'm not interested, right? That's how I feel sometimes when my kids talk about video games, but that's okay. Uh, the, fr the frivolity of, uh, of childhood play, I think, is, is, is totally uh, not anything to worry about. And I think what they'll find is there's not that much to worry about. I mean, some people, there are certainly some games that have levels of violence that I find, uh, that I find disgusting. Um, 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 you know, that's, the, that's my personal, those are my personal values. Some people don't mind that. I, I, uh, uh, and that's fine if they don't, you know, you have to sort of evaluate that on your family, uh, uh, on your family's values and what, whether or not what they're doing matches it. I think what you're going to find is that though, that, that almost none of the games, almost none of the videos are going to, you know, it's sort of the same as Netflix. There's some things on Netflix you wouldn't want your kids to watch and there's a lot you don't care right um and it's not really dangerous it might be stupid but it's not dangerous um and i think i think if parents spend a lot of time going hey show me what you're doing let me see i think they're going to discover that, that that most of this is actually pretty positive a lot of the games the kids are playing are multiplayer games in which they're connecting with friends in which they're 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 basically arranging their own social play dates uh and they're finding groups of, you know they don't have a playground they don't have school they don't have any you know they're stuck in their in their bedrooms if they're lucky, they have siblings to at least play with. Um, um, but they're still uh, organizing their own play groups. And they're doing a lot of that. And, and, and in a lot of cases, I see parents so worried about their kids adapting right now that they're actually interrupting the things the kids are doing to adapt, which is finding these groups of friends to play with. I know my kids are still playing with many of the same friends. Um, there's been some slight changes in the way that they play and who they play with because since we've been, been sheltered in place, but, um, but, but mostly they're, but mostly they're doing, they're, 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 they're finding their normal friend group and they're all finding times to spend a lot of time together and they're talking and they're laughing and they're, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're being kids. Yes. They, I hear language I don't like, and I tell them to stop it, but you know, it, 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 when kids play outside, if you walked outside, you'd hear the language you don't like, you have to go watch your language. That's what we do as parents. <laughs> I remember you saying uh, the first time we spoke, you said you would never just take your kids to the playground, drop them off and say, okay, good luck. Like when you take your kids to the playground, you teach them kind of the rules of the game that we don't push or cut or whatever as we're talking yeah. about young kids. And you go, we got to use the same thing here when it comes to technology. So that if they're on their tablets or, or they're playing games or they're doing things, like we got to teach them the social rules online as well as offline. Yeah, and there's a lot of ways we do, you know, it's a lot of times you say something like that and people take it, um, they hear they hear it a little, I think too, too seriously, like too, too, you know, they take it a little too rigid when I say, when I say, you know, you have to teach it, you know, I don't mean sit down and have a serious talk, you know, like, you know, more like, oh, time to have the sex talk, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't mean we have to do all, all that. But I, I, you know, when my kids were really little, and I encourage especially people who have younger kids, say five, five six, seven year olds, I take out that tablet, sit on the on the couch next to them and take turns playing, you know, maybe you're playing Angry Birds, you know, dad goes first, and then the kid goes and you just take turns and the way that you react, you know, uh, the, the fact that you don't don't curse when you when you when you're when you struggle right is teaching them what are mature ways to play a game you don't have to do anything but play with them if you have slightly older kids although i think i might have started when they were pretty young you know, a game a game like mario kart is amazing in terms of getting 
parents playing with their kids. The kids are observing how you play, how you think about it, how you talk about it, sportsmanship things, um, how, uh, uh, what, what's appropriate behavior, what's not. If you have older kids like mine, 12 and 14, you know, I certainly can't check everything they can do. They're pretty, you know, 14 year olds in general are pretty good at being sneaky. So, you know, I have some level of spot checking where I'll walk in and be like, what are you doing? Show me all of it. I want to see every window. What is it? But the truth is, I, uh, I, I, I trust him, you know, I trust him at this point. I mean, I'm sure he's doing things that are sneaky, but I also trust that even his sneaky, you know, I, I like myself, uh, you know, I did lots of things my parents wouldn't have liked, but I don't think I ever did anything that my parents would have had a moral objection to. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Okay, so you said something that I want to talk about for a second, and that is that it's that, that being, you know, using screens, whether it's to play games, do schoolwork, or just watch TV and relax, it's all okay. And our kids are not going to be set back, you know, three years because they spent three months on a little bit more screen time. They're not going to have their brains turned to mush. Like, I think parents can relax about this, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they've been, it's been, the, the, the TV is a little over a hundred years old, the television, right? Um, and, 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 and since the beginning, people have been trying to prove that it was that just exposure to it was toxic. Uh, there has been, they have been unable to ever prove that exposure to screens is toxic in any way. Uh, even some of the studies I'm sure that you've read recently, uh, a couple years ago, the Atlantic did a big story about how teens who are on social media experience more anxiety and depression. That's all been debunked. Every people went through the exact same data and when, you know, okay, you found a tiny correlation there, but I found the same correlation with eating potatoes and depression, right? Like, you know, they're, 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 nobody has been able to show uh, uh, consistently and categorically and, uh, and completely that there's any toxic uh, effect of using screens. Now, that being said, we all know that there's an issue where if the only thing you do is one activity, screen time all day long, well, you're not a well-rounded person. And that's mm -hmm. something I think that, that parents should worry about. I think at this time, well, you know, don't worry so much about the screens. Maybe do worry about, can I get my kid painting once a day? Can I get them reading a book once a day? Can I get them, uh, can I do, get them doing a few other things once a day? Can I get them doing the dishes? Can I get them cleaning? Can I get them feeling like they're a part of it? You know, I'm not, I, I've never been a big, like, you know, chores are the most important thing kind of guy. But right now I'm going, you know, we're all in this together. We all have to get, put in a little bit. And I'm trying to get my kids to learn how to do those things and to see it as part of uh, to see how they do their part as, as taking care of the family while we're in this unique situation. Yeah, because nothing's changed. We still got to live. We've got to do our stuff. You, probably important to get outside and do some things. And, uh, you know, whether it's riding your bike or something like that, doing chores and reading a book, all those things have always been there. And I guess the, the message is it's okay that they're spending more time on screens right now. And, and, and I know I, I mean, had a parent, a friend of mine post. By the way, it was, yeah. it was always okay that they were spending time on screen. I've always said, you know, spend as much time on screens as you want, as long as you're also doing your homework, also reading books, also playing outside. Right. Well, I don't want to, I don't want a kid who's in his, who's in his kid cave. Right. I'm thinking kid cave versus man cave. Right. <laughs> right. Where the kid cave is just a computer and a video game console. Right. I guess that's the man cave too. <laughs> <laughs> the, kid, the kid cave is the man cave without the beer. <laughs> That's it. You got it. <laughs> That's funny. Let's hope anyway. So, you know, it's fun because a, par a, a parent, a friend of mine had posted that they were concerned. They're concerned because it's while they're attempting to get work done. We have working parents. So mom's working, dad's working from home. 
and, and the concern was, are they spending too much time in front of a screen? And I think we're saying no, as long as they're also doing the other things. Yeah, that's right. And it's going to be different for some kids than others, right? You know, some kids, you, you kind of have to evaluate your, your own child and see how are they, how are they responding to that, right? Um, um, you know, if you have a child who seems to have a lot of anxiety or depression about the situation that they're in, then you may need to get more involved. And you may have to say, hey, I need to break the pattern that you're in. I've had moments through this COVID-19 situation where I've gone, you know, Jordan, you got to get off Twitter, right? It doesn't make you feel good. It's not, you know, you spend all day on Twitter and you end up really worried and full of anxiety and panic. And like, you start to have these apocalyptic fantasies and, you know, that's not good for you. And we need to, as parents, sometimes step in and say to our kids, is the behavior doing not in your best interest? But that's not the same as thing saying, you know, screens are always bad. I have, you know, you might be like, actually the only time my kid's happy and not worried is when he's playing a, 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 a multiplayer video game with his friends, in which case I should give him more attempt to do that provided it's not in the way of schoolwork, not in the way of, of, of other things. Uh, We're getting the really other evaluate. Yeah, so they're getting the other stuff done too, which is really good. Okay, you said um, something earlier about they are interacting with friends, they are being social. It made me think of, of my daughter, Naomi, she's eight. And she, we, we let her get uh, messenger kids, which has opened up her world. And it's been great because she's now she's talking to her classmates that she doesn't see anymore. Is she and they using do. Roblox yet? She is and she loves it. I mean, I'm going to tell you, this thing is like the most important gift she's ever received is playing these little games and doing this stuff on, on messenger kids. And, and I'm going to be fair. I mean, even after interviewing you and I've done, I, I don't know, seven, eight, nine podcasts on this particular topic. Anya Kemenitz was on, who I know you talked to. I did a thing with her. You've been on many others. And I still was like, I don't want her on this. And now that we've opened that just really out of convenience and survival, I've found it's been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely much, again, you're, I think you're seeing what I think most parents would see if they, if they look at it and try is that, is that a lot of the things that you had worried about were not, were not grounded in the reality of how the kids are using it or experiencing it. And when you watch what they do, it's a pretty positive experience. It's a pretty happy experience. Um, also starting, you said your daughter's eight, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of a great time for, to do that because you can start to build in habits of of learning how to stop when it's time to stop, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, uh, as I have always said, you know, when my kids were eight, all they wanted to do was say, do was make me proud. All they wanted to do, you know, now that I have a 14 year old, if I tell him to stop, he's like, what do you know? You don't know anything. You're, you're <laughs> right. Like, he, he's a teenager. He's cranky. He wants to argue with me all the time. And I'm glad that I started to teach him the values about how to think about a digital world when he was at the point where all he wanted to do was agree with me for a long time. One of my rules, and I would suggest this to parents who are just introducing their kids to, uh, to, to these kinds of online uh, social experiences, and I would suggest it to you with your daughter, is I would say, you know, I only want you talking to kids that are in your class at school or maybe cousins or, you know, other community, maybe a church or whatever your communities you have in your life, right? Only people that I know, and if anyone else wants to get involved, you need to ask me first. 
I, that was always my rule. And it's so, you know, it was almost funny. My kids sometimes would walk in and they'd be like, they'd be like, uh, so-and-so from school wants to bring in their cousin. Am I allowed to stay on or do I have to get off? And of course I always said yes, but it was like, I would, they knew that even at that level they had to ask me and they do do that at eight years old. When you tell them that's a rule at eight years old, they follow it. When you tell them that's a rule at 12 year old, 12 years old, they sneak around behind your back. So I was very happy to do it at eight because I was able to teach them the values of how you make those decisions uh, where right now they wouldn't listen to me if I tried to teach them the values. Well, I love it. So this is going to see, that's an accidental lesson from this. And I think we're going to have some of those that, that maybe we're going to discover some things about our kids and about technology that we wouldn't have discovered. And so what are some of those things? What are the, the lessons that you've learned as a dad or as a researcher that, that maybe are gifts that we might get from this? Well, the thing that I'm really interested in right now, and I'm starting to do some research with a few different game companies about this, is I, I'm sort of curious about how this experience is changing kids' behaviors, those who were playing otherwise, right? So, uh, so as I said, my kids are often in these multiplayer games with their friends from school. But at some point, there's going to be a point, I think they're going to reach a threshold where they haven't seen their friends from school for so long, so it becomes a different group of friends that they play with, right? Um, you're going to start to lose the, you know, I think a lot of kids make their decisions even about what games to play with each, to play at home based on what the cool kids at school like, right? Right. Right. So I'm sort of interested to see what happens as there's not the, uh, the, the, the cool kids at school. You know, we forget about that. There's so much worry about online and social media, but none of it even comes close to comparing to the level of pressure you have as a, as a young kid, a preteen or a teen and the, and the, and the cool status factor that happens, you know, the status fights that are going on in a, in, in a, in a middle school or a lower or, or a high school experience. So that's all disappearing right now. Some of that I'm sure will move into an online space, but it's not going to work the same way, right? And it, it's suddenly going to be the kids who are best at doing this online space are the ones who have the status, not the ones who are the prettiest by the by the normal cultural standards. And I think that's going to be a shift. Uh, I, I actually think that might be really positive for a lot of kids. I've heard so many stories over the years of kids who were who were bullied at school, but able to find a community online, right? Uh, and I mean, young kids, right? And I don't mean, when I say community online, I don't mean like Reddit. I mean, I, I mean like kids like eight-year-olds who really do, are, have trouble at school, but then they get on a game like Roblox and they find, and they find out that there's three friends who like playing a pony game with them, right? And, and they're just like, I only wanted to talk about horses. I don't want to talk about all that other stuff. And so I think that's going to happen. I think there's going to be a, a big shift in the sort of social... Uh, fabric of, of kids' lives. And I think we may come out of this with a very different kind of uh, 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 um, so, social organization <laughs> in, in many of our kids' in many of our kids' lives. Um, I think, again, I think the lesson a lot of parents are going to learn is they're going to see they're going to see a lot more. They're going to, they're, you know, whether, whether you're listening to me and saying, yes, I'm going to sit down and ask a lot of questions or not, I think you're still going to see a lot more about what your kids do and what drives them and, and what interests them and realize that it's different than you thought, right? You realize the game, you don't, you, the, the games don't drive them because they want to, they want to play the violent content. The games drive them because they're full of problem solving and they're pro, full of social experiences. And so it's finding the right match for them. I, I think the thing I've been surprised by is how quick Naomi learns. 
you know, she'd never seen Zoom until two weeks ago. I've been using Zoom forever and she can do things on Zoom. I didn't know it could be done on Zoom. She's eight. She's been using it for two <laughs> weeks. So they learn quick. All right. I want to talk about something you brought up earlier, which is the gap that we have. There's a technology gap. I mean, here we have schools going home and, and you, you, I read stories that you know, here even one of the, the companies here is saying, if you don't have internet, we're going to give it to you for free for a period of time. And I thought, who doesn't have internet? And then my friend is an assistant principal at an elementary school here in town, and they spent a week collecting computers and then giving computers and tablets to kids so they had technology to use. Um, there's a gap there. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a huge gap. Um, and we've been talking about this for a long time, but I think it's, it's come home where people are feeling it in a real way and people are waking up. Um, you know, one is things like the broadband gap, right? Things like who has broadband and who, and who doesn't. And, and broadband's expensive. You know, you and I both pay for broadband. Like, it's, it's a big chunk I write a check for every, every, every month. Um, so you can just imagine that, that that's not available to everyone. But I think there's also, there's also the devices. And I think one thing that people aren't even, you know, my kids are super privileged. Each one of us has, has our own laptop, each in the house, right? Like my laptop, each one of them has a laptop. We all have phones, uh, you know, and there's, and there's an Xbox and there's a switch, you know, part of that's because it's what I do for a living. So I, I have to have a lot of devices around, around to do it. But still, a lot of kids don't have that. A lot of families are still sharing one computer, right? Um, and so now you're trying to do this while, while mom or dad have to get on Zoom to do their job. Uh, uh, and then the kids can't even do their school. You know, I think that's a huge gap. But then I think there's a gap that's not even... Um, you know, when it, especially when it comes to school being moved into this emergency digital distance learning experience. And I pick that language uh, um, carefully because a lot of people think this is online learning. And as someone who's been teaching online for years, this isn't online learning. This is like last ditch emergency effort to manage a, a, a hump. Online learning is a totally different thing. Um, but but I think one of the things we have to realize is, you know, think about kids with disabilities. Think about uh, think about kids, you know, beyond the things like the the like poverty and, and, and urban rural differences, right? Kids, kids, think about a kid who's deaf, right? Uh, uh, I don't know how you expect a teacher who has never done online before this week to suddenly understand how to adapt their teaching so that a deaf kid can get involved with it, right? They don't understand how screen readers work, right? Uh, that's just one example. Uh, mm -hmm. There are ways to do it and there's ways that we do it in universities to deal with it and there's ways we think about it, but they are getting completely left out, the kids with disabilities. There's a lot of autistic kids that, that, that require face-to-face -face kinds of interactions. They struggle to deal with certain kinds of code switching and self-regulation and social cues uh, in an online space. And they're not, and, and there's no talk yet about how to, how to manage them. They've been with specialists who know how to help with the classroom and aids, those aids are gone. Um, and so I think that's, a, that's another kind of, of inequality that, that we're not even talking enough about. Some people are, but I think we should all acknowledge that. You know, think about all of the things happening in your house and all of the people who just can't do them for whatever reason, uh, some of which are systemic, social, political reasons, and some of which are, are, are not even the, because of those uh, of policies or regulations. It's, it's just because people are different. It's important perspective that we're all struggling and some struggles are different. And, yeah. um, and just to have a little perspective that we're all doing the best we can. Well, what's the the take home message, I guess, for the dads listening or watching this today that they, they, that you want to give them? Well, I, you know, I, I, I would say your, your job is 
really support, right? Your job is really, is really in, in terms of thinking about your kids. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different ways we could talk about that question, but in terms of what your kids need is they need your, your, your support, making sense of something that is really confusing, really disorienting. Um, and, and that means, you know, patience, number one, you know, patience, you can't just, you can't just scream at someone until they, I mean, not that I'm saying everyone's screaming, but you can't, you can't muscle your way into getting someone to feel calm. It never works to say, calm down, smile, calm, you know, mm -hmm. relax. You have to just sort of be calm and patient and go. And that's another reason why I'm all for sit down and ask your kids what they're doing. Cause the chances are the games they're playing, the, the videos they're watching are helping them to make some sense of what's a really chaotic and confusing time. And you don't actually have to do much to help them other than to say, I'm here and I support that you're working this out and I can help you work this out. But mostly I just witness you working out and tell you that the hard, impossible thing that we're all doing, I'm doing too, you're doing it, we're all doing it and we're doing it together. I'm not gonna tell you how, I'm not gonna pretend I know better than you because I don't, I don't know better how to make sense of this situation. I've never been in a situation like this in my life, but what I can do is sit next to my kids and go, you know what, we're in it together. I wanna see how you're figuring it out and I'll show you how I'm figuring it out and we're not gonna judge each other. We're just gonna, we're just gonna to move through this in, in, in the best way we can for each other. That's fantastic. Well, I, I got to thank you for being on. And I, I do want to thank you too. You were an amazing follow on Twitter. I learned so much from you. I have for a year. I read mo nearly every article you share. Can you oh, tell people you. how they can connect with you? Well, the best way to find me is, 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 on, is on Twitter. I'm pretty active on, on Twitter, although I did just say I am trying to lay off Twitter. Because, Dial it I mean, back just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I'm still there a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. but, it, but, none of the, but not all day. I'm trying not to read as much, but I'm still trying to help people on it and share on it. Um, um, but but it, it, it's at Jordosh, J-O-R-D-O-S-H. That's me on Twitter. And then, of course, you can always find me at jordanshapiro.org or thenewchildhood.com. And the book is great. And I do think parents should pick it up. We're, it, it's, it's, it's almost like a little manual to help you through even right now, just to calm you down a little bit about some of the tech concerns that you might have. And hey, it is a new world right right now. And uh, yeah. we're doing the best we can. Well, Dr. Shapiro, thanks so much for being on. I appreciate it very much. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And, uh, and, and I hope this is helpful to all of your, to all of your listeners. Oh, absolutely it was. And thank you, Dr. Shapiro. So much there. And I think the, the main message, moms and dads, is let's relax. You know, we're all doing the best we can right now. It's okay to, to have some tablet time. It's okay to let them use the screens. They're using them for school. They're using them for other things. Let's be aware of what they're doing. Let's see how we can interact and engage with them. I love what he said about how the technology here is replacing some of the social interaction that they should be having at school, so they're still learning that. And so there's a lot there. So give yourself a little bit of grace. Everybody's doing the best they can. And, uh, and, and let's you know utilize the technology we have in front of us to be able to help us survive this uh, because it is, it, it, it is helping us. And the other is think about how we can help others who don't have the access to technology that maybe you do. And we talked about that as well. Hey, I trust this episode was valuable to you. Uh, I'm really thankful Dr. Shapiro would come back and share because I think we needed to have the conversation. If you did get some value out of it, would you share it with somebody who you think should hear it? Would you mind posting it on your Facebook page so people know about it there or sharing it on your Twitter, something like that? That would be awesome. And then finally, if you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And then finally, we would love to connect with you online. We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. 
I'd love to connect with you. You can email me as well. If you or someone you know would be a great guest, I'd love to chat with you. It's james at positivelydad.com. Hey, thanks so much for taking time to listen to Positively Dad today. I'm James Shaw. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.